The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is September 30th, 2020. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar and Raj Giri. Here to talk about AEW Dynamite on TNT and NXT on USA. Guys, just when I think I'm out, they pulled me back in. I gave up Wednesdays. A month later, I'm back. You're like Terry Funk. It's true. I think this is the first time the three of us have done a Wednesday. We've done, done a couple of Fridays. Good. I mean, now we might not have the color of Matt Morgan's in-ring experience. We might not have Sam Adonis's experience, apparently, of uh, traveling on the road and having breakfast with every single talent that we see on screen. But I'd like <laughs> to think we can offer some sort of entertaining perspective tonight. And I'll try and I'll try and channel a little bit of Matt Morgan. I'll berate the super chatters and uh, forget the names hey, of half the wrestlers. I've been super kicked and powerbombed by at least a half a dozen of the talents we saw tonight. So I have the insight of what it takes to oh. to, to to receive their <laughs> offense. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It's like tonight was like, Raj, what do you think? Like, you go home for NXT, and then there, this is like the go home to like two big weeks of AEW coming up with Jericho's 30th anniversary and then the one year anniversary of Dynamite. But like, neither show felt like it didn't have the frantic paces of like must see, especially Dynamite. Yeah. I mean, I had, I had kind of tweeted that too. I found them both entertaining. Uh, there were, uh, we were trying something a little different tonight where I, I paid more attention to Dynamite and Glenn paid more attention to NXT while well, Justin is the, the, uh, I had the two screens man. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, uh, and I'm going to rewatch NXT because I was I had the sound on Dynamite. But uh, both shows seemed to me like they're pretty entertaining, but also very skippable. Like uh, you, you didn't miss anything if you if you skipped either show this week. Yeah, NXT definitely seemed like they had. I mean, they had the the non wrestling segments building to uh, the you know the takeover matches, and then yeah, AEW was a lot more in ring heavy, um, which you know I guess. Whatever flavor you want, you actually could get get both things tonight. So yeah, I, don't, I wonder. I don't know if they they purposely, or at least AEW purposely, kind of toned it down this week because they're up against the game one of the NBA Finals. Oh, maybe. And just figured they were going to get killed, but I don't know. We saw with Raw this past Monday night, and we'll talk about that later. They were against a huge NFL game. They were up. Did one of their best 18 to 49 yeah. uh, ratings in months. Well, I mean, you heard us Monday go on about the show, Raj. If you listen to the first five minutes of this podcast, I think we gave <laughs> right. Raj too. We were like making excuses for WWE and then, uh, then they overachieved. So Raj didn't listen to Monday night's podcast, Justin. He has no idea what we're talking about. If he reads the comments to, uh, on the YouTube for Monday's episode, it, it's it's clear what we did because every comment is about it. Okay, so. wait, wait, what happened? I, I'm talking about Sunday night's podcast. I'm getting all these confused. Sunday Raj, night we, we talked about the raw rating. How we did talk be. about the yeah. raw rating, yes. But uh, just 
Find out later, Raj. It's a little gift for you. And and uh, chat room, go back and listen to Monday Night. Don't read the comments. Listen to the podcast the first couple minutes. See what you think. Uh, but tonight, I have to say, we've got a takeover Sunday for NXT. Not tied into a WWE uh, pay-per-view, as has been the case for a while now. They're on their own on a Sunday night. Did this feel like a big go-home show to put over a can't-miss takeover on Sunday? I don't know if I'd say big, but at the same point, this takeover seems a little like out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought it was a little bit too soon to do another takeover, and then that's 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 expanded upon even more so when you take into consideration that the, what was supposed to be the new hot champion in Cross obviously is, is not there. So like they're kind of you know Triple H even alluded to it when he was asked about Kyle O'Reilly today on the media call, which you can see you can hear on Wrestling Inc. You know. He was, he was basically asked, is Kyle O'Reilly really a guy you wanted to push, or is he kind of like just the, the lucky result of, of, of booking changes? Was basically how it was asked. And, you know, Triple H gave the best answer he could. You know, where the truth lies, well, we don't know. But he said he's a big fan of Kyle O'Reilly. They'd always had plans to try to make him stand out of singles. He said, yes, this probably was accelerated because of, you know, booking changes. Um, so I don't know. We'll find out if this, if this takeover is worthwhile. Another Triple H tease that got me was he said, this takeover is going to look like nothing we've seen. Like he made it sound like there. It almost made it sound like this might be in the Thunderdome. He never said that, but it almost sounded like this is going to be in a different set, or it's going to have a, some kind of a different presentation than what we've otherwise gotten used to a takeover. And then, of course, there's the the mystery person who is is teased to show up. So uh, well, the the pieces are there for it to deliver. But going into this, I thought this was kind of like abrupt in all 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 aspects of it. Yeah, I kind of have to remind myself what matches there are. I mean, the thing. I feel like that has the most intrigue is that mystery person and and we'll talk about that later but um and which uh matches the mystery person in again on sunday no match just vignettes oh, oh just interesting a vignette okay, yeah a vignette of uh they're coming to take back what is there it basically seems like somebody's returning to nxt that was once there uh they, they show them trying to again get the, the title belt in this glass case and there's a lot of you know again verbiage are coming home so you know, wrestling Inc. has articles about speculation of okay who could that possibly be everybody from a Seth Rollins to a Bo Dallas is his potential. Probably not Seth Rollins. <laughs> that would be, but, you know, right now, um, I mean, Bo Dallas, Andrade, I mean, those kind of guys make, make sense who, who aren't necessarily moving the needle right now. Well, Bo Dallas is doing huh? nothing, but uh, Andrade is not really moving the needle right now. So, well, the thing, the thing that made Seth become a thought to me, I mean, yeah, obviously he still has the stuff going on on Raw, but it's like they were starting to move away from that and make the dynamic more about Buddy and more about the, the Mysterio family. Is that like Seth's going to be taking time off sooner or later anyways for the, the birth of a child, you'd figure. So maybe like let him have a quick little pass through at NXT. Could pay, maybe help him on Wednesdays. And he's the first ever NXT champion, so that's pretty symbolic. And he and Finn, a lot of history there, first ever Universal title. And him throwing the gla- the whole breaking the glass trying to get the title was very reminiscent of the WWE 2K vignette a few years ago where oh, yeah. where he was heisting WWE memorabilia. So and I just-, just imagine all the paternity questions he could bring to NXT. <laughs> I mean, it's, possibilities are endless. I think Seth would be a huge shot in the arm, but I, I, you see how WWE is kind of treating NXT right now. Uh, they're taking, they're not giving really uh, unless it's you know a brizango finn had requested to go on nxt last year but uh they're not a part of the draft they're not in the thunderdome um so i but you watch monday nights and regardless of whether it connects with the audience they book him like he is one of the top three main attractions on that show i don't know that they would give that up right yeah i, I yeah. agree 
So we'll see. So uh, I'm just saying, Leo Kruger, now is your time to come back and shine this Sunday at Takeover. <laughs> and maybe Wait. it's not even. And maybe it's not even a man. Maybe it's a woman. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's true. But who would it be? That that really narrows to if because they talked about taking back the title. So yeah. it's like Paige is you know can't. Uh, I mean Charlotte. Uh, mm. it, I think it would be way too soon for her when she was just in NXT earlier this year, kind of. Yeah, and they and I and I know for a fact that they they hoped that her going to NXT would move the needle more than it did, and that's why they kind of stopped it when they did. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, real quick, Gabe uh, Kofelt uh, saying, first time, long time. I don't get to watch live very often, but you guys yeah. provide a lot of entertainment on my daily commutes. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And first time, long time. That's the new, we want that on every Super Chat now, Raj. <laughs> All right. why I got into broadcasting. Right. Gabe's like, hang up and I'll listen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kronish Shah saying, do, do you see Adam Cole, baby, in the draft without Undisputed Era? Well, if- if there's a title change Sunday, perhaps. The plan reportedly right now, uh, this is from PW Insider, is for Cole and um, and Kyla Riley to be top baby faces on NXT. I'd personally like to see them go the evolution split way where Kyla Riley wins a title, so you make someone new. Adam Cole turns on him, and you got a, you got an awesome feud right there between Undisputed Era members. That's I think that would be something something cool and it helped me Kyle O'Reilly but just him just winning the title with without a, a you know a big story to go into I, I don't think does much I will give credit and we'll get to it when we get to the NXT review that the um the the sit down between Kyle and Finn like it gave me a little bit more like okay maybe Kyle O'Reilly does win like maybe Finn does lose his first title defense uh, you know especially again considering this is all stuff that's kind of being called an audible on in the last month because of Cross's injury well, they need new guys at the top. I mean, how long have we had, you know, Finn and Adam Cole and Johnny mm-hmm. Morgano? Um, so they really well, could use outside anti- circumstances. What's that? Yeah, outside circumstances. I think of right derailed some plans, some call well, Keith, ups. Keith, they didn't need to send to Raw once you know Karrion Cross was injured. Yeah, but, um, I know. So some people bringing up Ember Moon. I don't know if she'd be ready. I've heard that potentially she might be done wrestling for good. Like, yeah, it's a pretty it's a serious shame. injury. Yeah, she's uh, fantastic. It's a real shame if that's the end for her. Uh, so there was a lot, I think, uh, to appreciate tonight about both shows. Um, but yeah, for, as far as a takeover go home, I don't know. I don't know that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I might get called in at the last minute to, to cover that, apparently, on Sunday, Raj. But uh, <laughs> if not for that, I don't know that I'm going to want to watch that live. It just doesn't feel like it's that essential and i'm sure social media will have whatever the the return is um i think there's some good matches i mean quickly just to talk about the card got damian priest defending the north american championship against johnny gargano i mean priest has to retain there right uh, yeah, i would yes. i would think so i think gargano yeah. would be a step in the wrong direction step and right now by the same uh logic io shirai versus kansas LeRae. if you're gonna put it on one the way the show ends tonight you're gonna put it on both right be weird that Candace would win and Johnny wouldn't. Not necessarily. Okay. Okay. Uh, Finn Balor defending. If Candace against- wins. I would just think that means EO is going to the main roster. Yeah, I mean they could use her, but I don't know that they'll use her properly. Uh, Finn Balor defending. The, the, the yeah. timing is we got the draft next week, so that's true. Oh, that is true. That does add that inch- another wrinkle. Uh, what do you think, Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly, placeholder, or is this his time to shine? 
I'm gambling. I'm going to say it's Finn. I mean, but like I said, they they did they did their best trying to like make me believe a little bit more, get me a little more invested in Kyle. And quite frankly, Kyle, you know, a lot of times Kyle's just blended in as just being one of the other three guys, you know, uh, in, in uh, of of background noise behind Adam Cole. So this this did at least give him identity, more identity to me. But I, if I'm betting, I say no. Finn keeps it, and then Finn goes and works with whoever this mystery person is. Yeah, I feel like it's always undisputed era. It's always kind of been Adam Cole and the other undisputed era member guys. And uh, they want to make a new guy. It would be, I mean, it would be to give Kyle the win again. I think Adam turning on him would be a big story that could get him going. But I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go with Finn. I think it's a little too soon for him to lose the title. The undisputed era is basically summed up in the D12 song by band. You know, oh. there's there's Eminem, who's Adam Cole. And then there's the rest of them. Now, I mean, what I do. What no, bizarre I, world are we in today that Justin's dropping the pop culture reference? Now, I do know the rest of the of the D12 members. I, I was a big fan of bizarre D12. and Caniva, uh, <laughs> Swift, uh, Proof, Proof, uh, Proof. Sorry, Future. Future was eight mile. Future. Well, well, Future was based on Proof. Yes, that's right. true. Proof is uh, is past. Ch- Cheddar right. Bob. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he was. He was, uh, he he was, was not was, But he was based on. Um, Bugs, uh, the the big guy from D twelve. Oh, bizarre, bizarre, yeah. Busy. That's who really. That's who Cheddar Bob was based on. Yeah, I I was and I actually did Cheddar Bob rap in Eight Mile. No, no. I think about it. He never. Did. All he never did was all he did was Shh. drink and shoot his balls off. Right. <laughs> I love the last twenty. Like I can just watch the last twenty minutes of Eight Mile every day and never get bored. Yeah. Just put on the last three freestyle battles and I'm good. It it's still good. it still still holds up. That movie is almost 20 years old, 18 years old this year. Can you believe it? We're, we're, yeah. we're old folk. Uh, so, you know, anticlimactic it would be if Bobby Roode came back to NXT after his Raw. Yeah. yeah. Like, I think, yeah, that would get no pop. Uh, so we have Kushida versus Velveteen Dream in a singles match. Seems like they're making a big push with Kushida. They're really trying to sell yeah. us on. This is like this, you know, since he's been set back with injuries and they never really got to get momentum. It seems like this is what they're setting up for. Um, yeah, I, I definitely see Kushida winning that one. And then lastly, Santos Escobar defending the NXT Cruiserweight Championship against Isaiah Swerve Scott. Escobar. Yeah. Yeah, probably Escobar. Um, God, if no titles change hands. Huh? That's where Did I, I could see Candice winning. EO's been there. She's kind of been there a long time. And, you know, knowing Vince probably doesn't want her on Raw. So, you know, SmackDown. It all makes sense. So, Justin, why don't you drive and let's get into some AEW coverage and then we'll uh, wrap this up with NXT. And uh, I'm just going to sit here and uh, yell, who cares, every uh, 30 seconds. <laughs> Put your seatbelt on. I'm driving. Putting in, putting on the D12 as we drive. All right. So we kick off. Are we doing AEW first? So we're doing- yeah, yeah, AEW first. <clears throat> all right. So we start AEW. Uh, it's going to be Ricky Starks. Uh, of course, he's had this long standing feud with Darby Allen, been imitating Darby Allen. Starks comes out. Just before uh, we actually get Darby's entrance, we get a message from, and somebody in the chat room can, I know they said his name, I forget who it was, but uh, a little promo basically saying that uh, you're going to have to do a whole lot more than you know bad imitations and this and that to keep down uh, Darby Allen. And then that person was like, you know, it's coming now. Like, it was a nice like a little lead-in. You know, Darby's had a good good touch with these home-looking home, 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 home videos, so this was cool. So Darby comes out, so these two get right into it. Uh, Darby and Ricky uh, back and forth. Taz, of course, on commentary, so he's doing all the the shilling for Ricky Starks. Uh, but eventually, uh, we do see Brian Cage come to the ring. But just as he tries to come out, uh, Will Hobbs, the newly signed Will Hobbs, comes out and cuts him off. So those two battle back and forth. Uh, but ultimately, 
we would end up seeing uh, Darby Allen uh, hitting the coffin drop and getting the win. So uh, this this kind of at least, I don't know if it settles this this feud, if they're going to move on, or if this is just step one and Raj, we go to a, some kind of elevated gimmick match, but uh, Darby finally getting his. Yeah, I mean, we still, I mean, we got a couple of big shows coming up, so maybe they do a rematch, but uh, this was good. Uh, I don't like seeing Ricky Starks getting beat so much, but as far as this match goes, I think it was the right move to have Darby get the win. Um, the one thing I think Taz should watch some old Bobby Heenan when his guys were wrestling, because Taz, you know, when he was shilling for Ricky Starks, it almost was like he was reminding himself to do it. Like, it didn't come naturally. <laughs> and, uh, but other, other than that, this was a really good opener. I, I really liked it. It was good. I mean, you say you don't like to see Ricky Starks lose, but I mean, if you look at if you look at Darby's record, since they always right. remind us of the records from every entrance, I mean, Darby's certainly can make a case he's in need too for wins. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see Ricky beat a couple people on Dynamite. I mean, I, I can't think. Has Ricky had a singles win on Dynamite yet? I don't know about Dynamite. Maybe Dark, but I don't yeah, think about Yeah, I'm Dynamite. sure. On Dark, yeah, but not that many people watch Dark. And don't, you know, people in the chat, you don't have to send YouTube numbers. Those things are very, uh, <laughs> they're very different than Nielsen numbers. So the number of huh. people that watch dynamite is exponentially higher than dark. Yeah. With Darby, I just, I really hope they give him a sustained push. It feels like the fans have been behind him now for well over a year. Um, you know, he gets social media buzz with a lot of his videos and the stuff that he does. Um, I hope tonight's, uh, you know, we're going to see more of these wins and see him get some real meaty feuds. Yeah. yeah. One thing, one thing I like about Darby too, is I kind of like the Darby's, He's like one of the very few guys on the roster that stands alone, that he's not part of like some faction. I kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He 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 truly does have that kind of the loner thing, which Aleister Black had once had, and then they started having him team with Humberto Carrillo and Ray, you know, Ray Mysterio every week. Then they took away his great entrance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, just, I'm still still, I'm still upset about supposedly that. he signed off on that new music like he's no, the, i don't mind the music and i understand i understand the legality behind the music but why would you take away the whole the whole the, the camera work the rising up like you could still do the rising up with this new music i don't understand why yeah. they just i mean they're in the thunderdome they can make i mean they can make the whole place look like a cemetery i don't know they could be a graveyard yankee candle is closed down <laughs> you know they ran out they needed to change things up I guess he enter, he enters the Thunderdome just like every other person does through the curtain. Yes. Um, so that was our opening match in AEW. Up next, we get Cody in the ring. Of course, this, uh, the whole gimmick here, Cody needed to answer uh, Brody Lee's challenge for a dog collar match. You know, and Cody, he riffs philosophical, talks about his trainer, Al Snow, saying you always wrestle hurt, never wrestle injured. You know, goes into who he is, how people talk about being the ace of the company and just basically Matt, he basically puts over that the only, the only real people that matter that are elevated are people that hold the titles. And obviously Brody being one of them. Uh, and finally he goes to give his answer and he says, no, uh, crowd booze. He steps out of the ring, but then he steps back in the ring and he grabs a mic, fires up and says no regrets and begins to just scream how we're going to come in and we're going to leave different and, uh, ultimately accepting. And then after this, it turns into one of the biggest shit shows of a schmoz that I've, ever seen and you know the, the brody you know, he's cody says yes and then here comes brody with all with the dark order security tries to cut him off big battle all the all the baby faces basically out of the all the baby face wrestlers that are in the crowd come and try to separate it 
then it's Brandy shows up. She does a senton dive on 10 guys, barely knocks any of them over because she's so <laughs> light coming into this. Uh, but like they separated them, and Brody kept coming back three or four times. And this thing went on for over five minutes. It was a little bit of a. I, I don't know what was going on. I don't know if that was the plan or if they just. I, I think they felt what? like they had to top the presidential debate last night. You know? Yeah, I don't want to use the term shit show too many times this week. <laughs> I mean, look at Cody's energy tonight. You know, it's like he was uh, lifting weights and doing cocaine all day. Yeah, like, like, I, like, so Brandy does a senton, then Anna Jay comes and, and is attacking her, but then Isla Rose pops up and she's hitting uh, somebody else. Somebody. Uh, it, uh, and then the, the some of the baby face extra some of the some of the female talent that are at the ringside that as part of the crowd that are on the babyface side of it they're actually holding back anna jay at one point which is ass backwards you'd have the baby faces holding back brandy the baby face and not like it's just all over the place but nonetheless i guess they had to just really amp up the energy for this match which is going to be next week by the way it's going to be brody and and cody in the dog collar match next week yeah i, I mean that I, I i thought cody's promo was really good and then yeah, once that brawl started, it just kind of took me out of it. It it, it was random. It, it kind of, I mean, it really sucked. It, it took you out of it. All of a sudden, you're like, wait, who's attacking who? Why are why is Nyla Rose attacking this other woman? Who is that other? Woman? You know, it just and it just distracted you from uh, Cody and Brody. And I think, you know, when you look at the great pull aparts, it's not everyone fighting each other. It's just holding Cody back, holding Brody back, and they're just trying to get at each other. They break free a couple times, keep it simple. And with this, it just it just became a mess of a it just became a mess of a segment. So adding to my pet peeves when I watch pro wrestling, one of my pet peeves uh, that I said this past Monday was watching the tag team match on Raw, and there was four women, all blondes, all wearing pink. I thought that was bothersome. That's a pet peeve of mine. Another pet peeve is as I see Cody and Brody tonight, <laughs> as I see Cody and Brody tonight, and you know, not and the same the Hurt business does the same thing. Not every time that you're going to be out there, even if you're not in, even if you're not having a match, it doesn't mean that you can't have your ring gear on. I am so tired of looking like you're wearing the most expensive damn suit, and if you're in a nice suit that's form fitting, it has got to be god uncomfortable to be brawling in. And of course, you might even rip it. Brody and Cody were in suits that look like they cost over ten thousand dollars, and why are you brawling in them? Why can't you just wear g- gimmick stuff? See, also- I like that though. I, I don't like when. Guys are in their ring gear when they don't have a match that night. It's then like, why are you the, wearing your ring gear? And wear <laughs> your wear your gym gear. Wear your wear your gimmick T-shirt with like what you would would be wearing doing rehearsal or something. Like don't yeah, like in this not, situation. You're not see Conor McGregor in his gym shorts, you know, when he's uh, doing a you know a, a media day or that, that's actually uh, what uh, uh you know that's what got knocked last week. We knocked Kenny Omega for looking right. like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, I want more feuds with opponents whose names rhyme. Cody, right, Cody and Brody, and Brody, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai. Right. I think it just it writes itself. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I actually like I, I think because I think the Hurt business they look like big stars when they're when they're in their suits. Now you do look like a star when you're cutting a promo, but I don't know. I just I, every time I see guys in suits battling, I'm just like, oh, like I'd be so pissed if I put on one of my best David Allen suits and then all of a sudden I'm, ugh. yeah. Uh, real quick, data, data, data with a, a 699 Canadian super chat saying, I think Finn should go up to Raw and be a tag team with AJ Styles, the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they're so valuable in the singles ranks. You see how WWE treats the tag teams. I'd, I'd rather see them as singles. Uh, shots fired in the chat room, Justin. The Jonathan Lamone brand saying Justin doesn't own a suit. <laughs> Jonathan Lamone. Not- I, 
I, I wear a certain suit. It's called. It's David Allen. It's a, a suit line here from Pittsburgh. Who now does John Cena and basically all of WWE suits. He does a fashion show every year. I've walked the fashion show uh, ramp with New Day, with Wade Barrett, uh, with with Dr. Britt Baker. I have an impeccable suit game, which is why I get so cringeworthy when I'm watching these guys in these suits. Some of which are made by the same guy that I that that. that started here in pittsburgh and i'm like i don't want i wouldn't want to be ripping my suit out there i'd, I'd be buying some jc penny's knockoff thing to go uh, wear out there if i'm going to be rolling around in a dog collar build up with so bite your tongue john philemon i would hook you up but now no no no, no. we might have to have a dress code one of these nights on the podcast only suits no hats if you used to watch me on chair shot reality i always had my best suit. yeah that's Everybody. true that's true hey i always look like a husky boy model when i come on uh this podcast <laughs> It's my shtick. <laughs> uh, so what happened next, Justin? Uh, we're backstage. Uh, Tony Schiavone talking to FTR and Tully Blanchard uh, as we get set for their match later on against SEU. And then out of nowhere, we get one of the young bucks who just super kicks uh, Tony uh, to the ground and, and walks off. So uh, this, this, this I, I'm guessing this is probably maybe filmed pre-tape or something because Tony was never out there at all for commentary. They even said on commentary he's looking for an interview, so I'm guessing maybe he needed off tonight, and that was their way of uh, getting around that. So that's that. Uh, then, then Dosh is talking to SCU as they're getting and ready for the quick, match. Nick, Nick wasn't there. I mean, it was just it was just Matt Jackson. And that's two weeks in a row. Cause like even last week, we only saw Matt who walked out of the out of the dressing room to talk to, to right. Tony. And Nick Nick had said, uh, I'm sorry, Matt also sent a tweet to Tony Khan saying he sent him a PayPal for the fine. So <laughs> keeping with the storyline. Um, Unabomber for Burns. Google. Go- Somebody I, I please fact check Justin's <laughs> to talk. Fact check. Google David Allen, <laughs> David Allen, A-L-A-N fashion show 2016, I believe. Yeah, 2016. And you will. Find uh, Jonathan Coachman was the MC. You'll find plenty of plenty of good stuff. Michael uh, Barr is saying he doesn't set the bar; he names drops the bar. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so then we get Dasha talking to SCU as they're getting ready to have their match. Uh, and just as they're getting ready to go to the ring, they—I don't understand this one—they walk right by Sean Spears, who's standing there sarcastically saying "Good luck." So uh, FTR up against SCU here. It is. Um, <laughs> well, that is one of the suits. Yes. There, proof that Justin in a suit. Now, this is a green screen photo, folks, so feel free to uh, abuse that <laughs> as you see fit. We encourage it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just make sure to t- t- tag all of us. Yeah, those. tweet it at me. I'll show the best ones on the podcast tonight, Good Lord. as long as they're, uh, you know, safe-ish for work. <laughs> since, since what? Since, oh, you're going to tweet all the safe. You're going to put on the podcast. Since when is this podcast safe for work? It depends on where you work, Justin. Uh, I guess. I guess. So. Now, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners in uh, adult bookstores, uh, <laughs> state prisons. Uh, you know, all night uh, donut combination Chinese food shops. I never thought about that. If we'd ever have any listeners that are in uh, state prisons, that they have access to the podcast. Yeah. You'd think they would. Well, I don't, I don't know. know. If, if someone's from a state prison, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if so, yeah. Right. Send, send we'll, those, make sure never, we'll, we'll make sure never to make fun of your, your super yeah. chats. Send, well. send the letter to Raj's <laughs> P.O. Box. Yeah. And let us know what you're in for for how long. We'd like to know when we can expect to uh, right. get, get some super chat out of you eventually. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, reminders. <laughs> You've been in prison for 20 years. You, when you went into prison 20 years ago, there was wrestling on TNT competing against WWE. You go away for prison, you come back out 20 years later and 
here it is again. Tony Schiavone's on the air. Chris Jericho's there with him. Yeah. Nothing, nothing ever changed for you. All right. Um, moving on. Tag team match here. Uh, FTR and SCU. Uh, good tag match. Love again. JR makes a reference in there with the rules as, he's, as he notes the uh, tag rope dangling there. He says the reluctantly used, the re- reluctantly used tag rope at one point. <laughs> I found that uh, comical. But ultimately, uh, we see uh, we see Tully helping actually get involved. He sweeps uh, uh, Scorpio Sky's leg. Uh, uh, Wheeler falls on him, and then ultimately uh, we get a uh, hold of the foot for a one-two-three FTR. Still, your AEW tag team champions. Uh, up next, commentary analysis an eight-man. By the way, that was that was really good too. I thought that match, Oops, like uh, FTR, they they can't have a bad match in AEW. They're they're doing their thing, and I, of all the people that have left WWE, uh, outside of uh, outside of all the people, I think FTR have have done the most as far as going to another level. You can, I mean, I think AEW fans will say Moxley is is better in AEW, but he was also a main event guy in WWE, and it, it, some of it comes to preference. Sean Spears, I, I don't really think he's elevated. Luke Harper, there was a time when he, you know, when he was with the Wyatt family, they were in the main event of a couple pay-per-views, or at least at least one. Mm-hmm. So um, I think FTR have benefited the most so far. Yeah, not a bad match at all. Um, that's almost, it's almost like I'm starting to take it for granted, just becoming standard FTR. Yeah. yeah um, our, our friend from China. <laughs> Joey. <laughs> Joey from China. Joey from China. All right. He said, I love Glenn's lick today. He's like GQ Bam Bam. Get that a lot. Bam Bam. Bam Bam Bigelow or Bam Bam. uh, Pick your pick. Bam Bam from Uh, Flintstones. Whichever one. Whichever one you like. Dada saying, but AJ in his podcast said he wants to team with Finn before he retires. Guys say a lot of things. That doesn't mean that WWE is going to do it. Uh, So commentary announces an eight man. And people are saying Cody, but Cody was big. Be- I mean, Cody was on the ascent before. I'm talking about just strictly from WWE to AEW. Cody had a nice run in New Japan and ROH hmm. uh, before. So uh, We get an announcement of an eight-man tournament, single elimination uh, with the finals. They're going to be at full gear. The winner will be the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. So the first three names are announced, and they are Jungle Boy, uh, Ray Phoenix, and Kenny Omega. So uh, that's the build to the next... Next AEW pay per view. I think that's in early November, like November seventh, maybe. Yeah. That time. Full gear. Full gear. Yeah. Real quick, I gotta. We gotta answer some of these. Joey O'Jernan saying Miro. Uh, compare Miro uh, Rusev's first month in WWE to Miro's first month in AEW, where he's doing video game vignettes. It's too early to tell for Miro, but um, you know we'll see. Uh, definitely, he wasn't used well in WWE in, in the end, but. Uh, but we'll see. He's, he, he doesn't come across as a main event guy right now. And mm. someone else is saying, uh, came you saying Moxley was a guy in WWE. He's the guy in AEW. Uh, Jericho is the guy in AEW. Yeah. And then it's Cody. And I think Moxley probably put third. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jericho, he is up next uh, out with the inner circle up against uh, Isaiah Cassidy, who of course has Mark Quinn and Matt Hardy uh, by I'll his right side. Back. All right. Um, a good singles match here. Obviously, a chance to see Isaiah Cassidy in a singles uh, situation again on Dynamite. Not sure how if we've gotten that one before. Um, at the, in the end, a good back and forth match. In the end, a Judas effects so Jericho gets the win. Something that to note here that they did is at one point 
as Jericho is as on the outside, he gets th- uh, thrown into the over the barricade where the again where the heels extras essentially are, and uh, Luther is out there, and like him and Luther come to like blows. Uh, so I don't know what. I mean, that's kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, and one, why is that not a DQ? Um, I know. I've given up on trying. That's a broken record, I guess. Uh, two, wh- why are you doing that twice in one show with the random brawling with the you know the wrestlers at ringside? And it, and it had no place here. I, I mean, are you building to Luther and Jericho? Does anyone want to see that? I know Jericho and Luther are fr- really close, but... Um, you know, come on. I mean, maybe it's building to a match next week, but doing two brawling segments with people in the crowd, I thought that that kind of sucked. Yeah, but the this... match itself was really good, and yeah. Jericho sold his ass off for Isaiah Cassidy. This was one of those. Uh, this was one of those cases where Isaiah Cassidy it it, it helps him uh, even it, with the loss to be in this match. Now, if they follow through, uh, we'll see. I mean, we've seen guys like Pineapple Pete and other guys in the past who get a showcase match and never really go anywhere. So we'll see if they, you know, move, uh, uh, move private party up. Yeah. It, the, 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 to the point of another brawl kind of, you know, redundant from what we just saw minutes earlier. This is where, like, I mean, I, I know AEW is getting the praise from those who are working there. You know, I mean, we've had a ton of interviews that we've all done myself, Raj, Nick, whoever on wrestling Inc in the last this year of with people, you know, Matt, you know Matt Hardy's the the whoever's that are in AEW now that that ex- experienced WWE life, and they're all praising that it's such an open door, easy creative process, and and it's just free flowing, and it's which is great. But I also think that sometimes you know that 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 I guess the term is the inmates running the asylum. Sometimes when you let everybody have a little, so much creative freedom, and okay, so Jericho and whoever's working on their stuff over here, Cody and Brody are working on the stuff over here, and then we get to the day of the show there was nobody to quality control correct like all right we have too much of the same thing or too, like mm. you know and it's just you know things things look sloppy in that regard it might be fun for a frantic product to watch it might be a fun frantic vibe and it might be fun overall for the morale of the of, of the locker room but it is still stuff that like you know and, and i think the same thing with the broken record of what we talked about with the lack of enforcement of rules the, the basically their ecw there is no dqs but they try to still distract the ref sometimes and it's a terrible distraction or whatever and it's they'll just... still use no dq as a step when right <laughs> never had a dq right um, um WWE, WWE uses dqs and non-finishes too much and everybody's 500 aew is trying to like go the exact opposite too aggressively where they insist to have a winner but it's such an illogical way how they got to that right i mean um, doing it once in a while I, I i would hate to see them doing what wwe does but doing it once every couple months just to show you that that rule is there uh I think it would it would help the product. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So again. So I'm not sure. We'll have to wait and see what the what importance the Luther uh, involvement had there. Oh. Um, this was one of the better Jericho matches in a while too. I thought. Yeah, and again next week, 30 years of Jericho. So yeah. be curious to see what they pull out uh, creatively. What they do. I mean, I, I I would hope to see we see like, you know, some tribute to the things they can get away with doing like i you know i think one of when i think when i think classic jericho like trying to like also avoid wwe stick things what they're not going to do i think of like wcw with the, the man of a thousand and four holds and him going through the list and arm bar being repeated every 10th time and so i like to see if they do like some if they like if jericho was able to like work in like a greatest hits throughout the night well, and stuff. i'm starting to wonder this now jericho has, has been at the top of his game in recent years, I mean, doing just some phenomenal things, uh, you know, he keeps reinventing himself, but is he almost entering 
that more David Lee Roth phase of his career where he's more an entertainer and showman as opposed to just pure intensity and talent. You know, David Lee Roth was a great singer for the first couple of Van Halen records, but then after a while it was the DLR show. I mean, for Jericho, other than, you know, nobody can escape age. And so he's, he's a little heavier. Hmm. I mean, is his physique's not as great as it once was. Not, again, that's just, I mean, the guy, I mean, but He's still. I don't think he's really missed much step in the ring. I still. I still think that he, he puts on bell to bell, and he's always been a smart worker. He's one of those guys that's never had a major injury because he's so smart that's about cool. how he works. Yeah. So I don't really think that he looks like he's having to just rely on showmanship. I mean, I still think he. I mean, he goes for something. We've seen him go for 20, 30 minutes if if he needs to. I feel like he's had some really good matches in AEW, but I feel like that's not what he needs to do at this stage in his career. I mean, I think I think of him more like his entertainment work outside of the ring. I mean, everything that he does with his promos and getting stuff over, like the wrestling is there and it's very good. But we're not, you know, I mean, he he showed that he can go with these guys and put on, you know, 30, 45 minute matches that are high intensity. I mean, I almost think he's so over he doesn't have to do that anymore. But I think his what they want him for is to kind of create new stars. And yeah. for that, you know, he, he does still have to wrestle. I mean, if he's got it in the tank, um, you know, John Moxley beating him for the title was the biggest name that he could beat. So it, it does a lot more, you know, mm-hmm. keeping Jericho at, you know, near the top. Yeah. I mean, if he, you know, if he wants to get an orange Cassidy over for orange Cassidy being more than just comedy, but being a guy that can like actually collect some wins, you know, he had, he had to do some, some matches with him, which he's did. He has to, he has to give yeah. time to an Isaiah Cat. I mean, he has to, the, these guys are who are having their first experience on national TV. He has to wrestle them. He can still do comedy stuff with them as he's done. And, 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 and we'll see again here with MJF in a few minutes, but like at the end of the day, he still has to get down and dirty and go bell to bell with them and he can still do it. So. Okay. Also, next week Jericho is teaming with Jake Hager to take on Luther uh, Chaos Project. So interesting. Yeah. So sounds like an easy squash for them. Yeah, Bernie DC saying Jericho probably wanted to do something with Luther on his 30th anniversary. You know, sharing the ring with a fellow Dungeon grad. Um. Yeah, I, I mean they were they were really really close friends. I could see Dean Malenko. He's with AEW. I could see him. Uh, you're mentioning the man of a thousand yes. four holes. Oh. So I think uh, they could do something gold there. Yes. All right. Uh, so moving on, we get a vignette with uh, Miro and Kip. They are at like a an arc, like a like a I don't know if it's the Damon Buster or some kind of a some kind of a grown ups arcade looking type of place, and they're you know talking about. Uh, Mira trying to put together the best bachelor party ever, and then Glenn, you're gonna have to fill me in here. Then they get Billy uh, Mitchell. Billy Mitchell. Uh, Who do you it? go to when you want a hell of a bachelor party and you want to talk video games? You go to the uh, the controversial world record holder in uh, Donkey Kong and many other arcade classics. Uh, Billy Mitchell, uh, real life figure, one of the stars of the documentary The King of Kong, A Fistful of Quarters. Which you have never seen it if you've never seen this documentary. Seek it out and watch it this weekend. It's fantastic. It's about uh, the battle for the world Donkey Kong record. And uh, you know, I don't want to give anything away, but Billy Mitchell is the bad guy in this. And it's a hundred percent documentary. Okay, so that so they they pan so they camera pulls out and, and Billy Mitchell's standing there and like yeah, says, you know, you want I can help you put together the best party ever, and that's the end of it. So like I'm looking at the tweet right now too, is handles Billy Pac-Man. Like uh-huh. I'm just gonna ask this question. And then yes. I'll get I'll get torched. How many people got this and how many people didn't? Uh, in the movie Pixels, Peter Dinklage's character is loosely based on Billy Mitchell, complete with Ma- the hairstyle. Who, who would have looked that up? 
Right, but like, <laughs> no, I, mean, I know this. What, what I'm asking, is, what I'm asking is, when you see this guy in this white suit with a I red, no white, idea. red, like, like I, I literally stop and thought, like, is this a wrestler on dark that I haven't been paying attention to? <laughs> no, and that's the problem. I mean, we were talking about console wars, uh, the great new documentary about Sega versus Nintendo, but there are people that watch this podcast that are like Sega versus Nintendo. Okay, old man. So imagine talking about Pac-Man and Donkey Kong. For some people, that's like your grandfather's video games. So to your point, no. I think that um, he's maybe got a little bit of a cult internet hero resurgence from that documentary uh, 10 or 15 years ago. But no, most people do not know who he is. I know who he is, but most people do not. That's the whole reason why you're on tonight's podcast. is why We knew we needed some reference to who the hell this was. <laughs> yeah, We were just going to call him that guy. But if you watch the documentary, he is one of those... If if you did not know it was a documentary, you would think this is like a Christopher guest character creation. Uh, he's such like just an eccentric guy. Um, yeah. It's uh, he's very notorious in the video game scene. He literally looked like somebody his look and the way he was dressed, he looked like somebody that would have been part of the early dark order uh, recruitment. Yes. vignettes. Yeah. There was a episode of, I think Bischoff's podcast where they were doing fall, fall brawl, like 96 or 95. They had a backstage vignette uh, where Paul Orndorff was depressed. And then this guy, he was like a psychic or something, like a TV psychic, uh, was came. John Edwards. I, I can't remember who Miss Cleo. No, it wasn't Cleo. It was someone like I'd never heard of. <laughs> so I thought maybe they heard the podcast and brought that guy back for some weird reason, but except it had nothing to do with anything. So. No, I mean, this, this is a deep cut uh, for professional wrestling, even for video game streamers. Like the you, people that stream games, it's like Fortnite, Call of Duty. You know, it's yeah, it's, people do one offs of retro games here and there, but Billy Mitchell is. Uh, well, M- Miro is a big streamer, so maybe he, maybe he's a fan. Maybe this is a some kind of connection here. I just gotta yeah, say this: know. this doesn't make him look like a, a big star. Him playing video games and you know hanging out with the ilk of. Uh, and, and I like obscure. <laughs> references i mean i'm a i'm a big fan uh when they pull out something that uh you know it's like oh i can't believe they went there but this is yeah this is a little deep for their demo you know especially if you look that they skew younger than a than uh wwe i watched uh and this is the last thing i'll say about it before I, i'm done with this topic but there's this netflix series uh called game over it's like a five episode yeah 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 and they didn't even. I don't think they mentioned him once on that thing. Well, because world record holders is a bit different. But yeah, I but thought they, Game had, they had a bunch of those world record holders, like as uh, throughout. I saw the, that. Yeah. yeah, in the context of specific games. Um, yeah. But Billy Mitchell controversial has burned some bridges. Uh, there was question of whether to allow his world records. I don't want to ruin the backstory for the five people that are going to check out that documentary. But uh, no, I thought Game Over was okay. Uh, Console Wars on CBS All Access was fantastic. Um, so yeah, people are into retro gaming, but I don't know. This is, uh, I think overestimating, you know, having Jay and Silent Bob, everyone knows who they are, Right. but Billy Mitchell, not so much. Yeah. I feel like this is either Miro, as we said, who's big on streaming and gaming. Either this is like a Miro knows this guy and like, and got the, okay, like get him involved in this, like this, the shtick, this, this vignette or this guy has got like a relationship with Tony Khan and Tony Khan's. Yeah. Like, that's what I was I thinking. Don't know. You know, Cause Billy know. is a, uh, he's like his day job is he runs like a hot sauce business. I think out of Florida. Okay. I don't know. This is very weird. Well, I'm sure we'll find out the complete story. Raja uh, interview, Billy Mitchell, uh, Justin book him on the wink daily. 
with uh, you and Hausman and get to the bottom of this. I'll get him a suit. I'll get him a David Allen suit. He can, um, yeah. <laughs> can upgrade it from his white suit. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, this... I, if this is like who Miro's in vignettes with, I'm a little bit little worried about how this is going. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm going to reserve judgment until the wedding takes place and we see how that pans out. But uh, so far, it hasn't been a it hasn't been an earth shattering month for Miro in AEW. Hey, that's our first appearance too, which was Mi- still Miro. Miro still married to Lana, and we are not. That is true. <laughs> he must be doing something right. right. That's how Lana was married to Bobby Lashley. <laughs> They're divorced now. Right. Oh. They're divorced. What next? <laughs> next. <laughs> Justin, you got to, especially when we're talking about Billy Mitchell for that long. Because I'll go on about this. I got another hour. Yeah, you, you got you to just cut Glenn off and go. <laughs> I'm going to do the Tony reality. I'm just going to, I'm going to mute him like it's uh, around <laughs> right. the horn. Uh, all right. Gentlemen, gentlemen. I do my best, do my, my best, best Chris Wallace. Wallace. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Dasha backstage with best friends in Orange Cassidy, checking to see where they're at mentally. All of a sudden, FTR comes in, uh, makes a little fun of them, blah, 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 blah. Then Orange, uh, Orange Cassidy takes a mic and, co- and uh, has a promo for them, and he, quote, quote, calls them weenies. And Orange Cassidy and best friends begin to take, the, uh, take their entrance to go to the ring. Orange Cassidy up against 10 uh, from the Dark Order uh, should be noted the stat that was presented on the screen. Orange Cassidy going into this match has won five of his last six matches in AEW, and ultimately at the end of it, will end up getting uh, the Orange Punch, and uh, he will get the pin one, two, three. So now six of the last seven, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, six of the last seven. So Orange Cassidy uh, with the win here. So still kind of continuing a little bit of best friends and 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 some Dark Order stuff now. It's good yeah. you get you because you had Orange coming off of off of that momentum. You don't want to just stall it, so get him a win. And uh, yeah, I thought that was good. Uh, we get a backstage. These are these are becoming one of my favorite things from AEW every week. This is the third one I think they've done now. These MJF Jericho just <laughs> overly just both just these kiss asses to each other, and 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 but obviously have an underlying issue with each other that they're drawing out. Basically, MJF and Wardlow come into the inner circles. Uh, dressing room mjf has these jackets for all of them they never actually showed us what the jackets say but they, he had a jacket for everybody except for sammy and then he got <laughs> mad at warlow warlow didn't pack sammy's uh sammy's and then all of a sudden mjf and, and jericho really start to get at it and jericho says look you know you never answered a question i asked a long time ago which was do you want to join the inner circle with which mjf replied well you never answered my question which is do you want me to join the inner circle they go back and forth back and forth uh, rapid fire uh, until finally, you know, both getting frustrated, uh, both enforcers Hager and, and Warlow step up uh, out of the shadows to re- protect their their guys, and uh, ultimately they separate. MJF's going to leave. Uh, he says again, you know, "Big kudos to your 30 years. Or can't wait to celebrate legendary run." Uh, and then as MJF and Warlow are gone, Sammy and crew start to trash MJF verbally, and Jericho goes, "No, no, he's not a loser. Perhaps there's something to him." So. Uh, Leaving the T, Raj. I mean, Raj. You think MJF? Is there any chance? Like, does MJF like take over the inner circle, or does he join the inner circle? I would. Or? I would love to see that. I mean, just Jer- I, I mean, this segment was my favorite thing on the show. Yeah, I mean, these good. guys are so great. They have great chemistry, just just, just naturals. And um, I, I mean, I I'd, I hope you know these aren't one offs leading to something down the road, and they're doing something with this soon because it's it's great. It just makes you wonder what because here's your two two of your best heels. Yeah. yeah, you know. So, what do you like? What's what's the end game? 
you can't yeah. have a band with two lead singers. It just doesn't work. Well, then, then that's who, then you start your conflict with that. You know, the Rock and Farouk, where they want to. Who's your David Lee Roth? Who's your Sammy Hagar? Right, exactly. Yeah, tough call. <laughs> tough call. Who's your Gary Sharon? Three Van there. Halen fans got that one. <laughs> Next, I'm a Van Halen Next. fan. I didn't get that. Wait, you didn't? Get, he was the lead singer of Van Halen after He's the Sammy Hagar one? left. No, oh, yeah. See, well, he I was stopped. like for for an album in like '97, '98. Yeah, I stopped listening to Van Halen in '93. Why '93? You know, right here, right now. That after the, I love that, that song. Yeah, that was a great right song. Now. After the, that, the CD, video I really. I can't that. name one Van Halen song after that. That song, the song they had on Twister, the Twister soundtrack, that Human oh, Being yeah. song, that, that was, was a good pretty, one. pretty that, dope was, song. Was that Van great. Halen or was that just Sammy Hagar? No, Sammy. That was Van Halen. That was uh, okay. the last thing Sammy Hagar did with Van Halen. Yeah. A great use of that right here, right now. I think it's just called right now. Right now, a great use of that song. Uh, like in like 06 when WWE was pushing. Remember when WWE had that on demand channel where you could oh, like watch yeah. like you could watch like the Legends Roundtable and like some. Mm-hmm. It was like it was like the very early version of what the network would become. At, if you went to like a live, if you went to like a Raw or SmackDown, they had a great video vignette that showed like right. all these great moments in like WWE, WCW, and ECW history, timed to that opening of right now. It was such a hit you with all the feels of like. So excited they had all this tape library now. Yeah, I don't know, I'm, but better than the Pepsi Clear commercials to right now. Justin's oh, too young to remember. That. Yeah, too young. Raj, remember Pepsi Clear? I, re- I remember Pepsi Clear. Um, it was all right now. That was the entire. Uh, yeah. and it looked like the video it was cheesy. Uh, yes, I am air pointing. It was at used Pepsi my Clear. my graduation year by in '93. That was used at a lot of like graduations for the, you know, the ceremonies and things like that. Hip hop hooray came out right. I remember '94. Like that was like. The end, of the, of, end of the road with our you know prom song that was like, really <laughs> yeah. yeah oh man all right up next uh they, they, they tend to do this at the when they get to the when they get to the on the east coast the 9 30 mark every right. week now at this point is where they throw the girls in right they're one women's match yeah, yeah. uh dr Britt baker returning to uh, an actual pr- traditional entering match of course she had the cinematic match they did at all out but this one uh her return to dynamite up against red velvet this was what it you figured to be. It was Britt coming back, reestablishing herself. She gets the win, but I can't say that it was like a squash. This match actually, I, I it went, went longer than I thought it should. They gave Red Velvet a lot more than I thought that they would or should. Uh, Britt does eventually, of course, get the win, uh, and then even after the match, she does her her lock jaw with the you know, the glove on and rubbing her or you know uh, sticking her hand in their their mouth. But uh, Britt back back on dynamite. Steezy Breezy, 499, saying, okay, it's time. Put the title on Britt Baker and build the division around her. And I'm already ready for Miro to turn on Kip. He's a main eventer. Uh, with Britt, I mean, yeah. I think she's the biggest star they have. And well, now, uh, no, go ahead, Rush. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, Justin, where I disagree. I mean, normally I'd agree with you about, you know, her first match back. She should get a dominant quick win. Um, but in this case, because she has been out of action so far, so long and they're not doing house shows, I thought it was good that she kind of just gets some in-ring time, you know, gets to work out, you know, work out, you know, yeah, what's it called? Kick, you know, kick out the spider webs or whatever that uh, expression is. But um, yeah, just getting the reps in. So I, I thought Britt Baker looked great. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't be able to tell looking at her that she's been out for that long. So no, and I can tell you, uh, she. I mean, she's. I mean, yeah. There's a. I mean, there's the thing to try to work, knock off the ring rust. But I would even say, 
let her have a quick win on Dynamite. If you want to let her give her a little oh, bit yeah. longer match, put her on Dark and let her do a little, little bit longer. But nonetheless, you know, she has been working. I mean, she, she's she been working on her strike. She's been working on a couple other things uh, while she's been off. And, uh, yeah, I mean, she 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 looks great. I, I'm all for building around her as a as, as the heel. You know, she's become the pleasant. You know, they signed her. Thought She was the first woman they signed. They thought that she was going to be, you know, their girl next door, baby face to build around. It didn't work out that way. She stumbled on being a, a tremendous heel. They need to build some. They need to build some baby faces because Swole's gotten a little bit of, of love. You know, um, Hikarushita just didn't have that charisma. Right. The two the two most established women are are, are heels are Nyla and and Britt. So they got to build some baby faces really up. Yeah. Riho was it, there too, but she's you know st- can't travel. She's stuck in Japan. So. Yeah, yeah, they, um, for sure. They definitely need some top level baby faces. Big Swole, yeah. um, she she could probably be there. Um, the girl that the um, I'm blanking her name that was that, that's like the alien. You know, they they start a little bit with her. Uh, Chris Statlander. No, uh, yeah, she's um, injured. So injured. Uh, Ab- Abaddon was a was a, a, a Bray Wyatt like fiend kind of mystery of intrigue, but they have I don't know what the situation is there. Um, She's been wrestling on dark. I'm not sure why they don't give her some squash matches on Dynamite. Yeah, so they they need to build us some baby faces. Bottom yeah. line, in the, in the women's division. Michael Virus saying Red Velvet looks solid. Yeah, I thought she looked really good too. Um, so it might be a. I'm, I'm sure we'll be seeing more of her. Dustin Eck pointing out with his $5 super chat that both Miro and Kip are big video game streamers and know that guy personally. Apparently, let me channel Matt for a second. You really paid $5 to say that, Dustin? <laughs> Why'd you say that? Follow up in the chat. Don't pay to say it again. <laughs> Which uh, Raj loves. <laughs> Steve Marcuccilli, Buck99, Emma or Jinder for NXT return? I mean, Definitely Jinder... not Emma. I don't think Emma, but... Ginger never held the title. No title, title. Yeah. Emma, Emma is wrestling Jinder, for Impact. She's she's got a match this weekend. Ginger yeah. was in the title scene, but yeah, he never held it. Yeah. Ginger, actually, I think Ginger is who Seth both, faced. Is that originally. who Seth beat yeah. in, in the finals? Yeah, of the right. first one. Yeah. Um, which I don't know. Maybe there's a story there. Maybe Ginger has a grudge that he was screwed or something. I don't know. But, <laughs> but uh, the vignettes so they specifically say coming to take back uh, yeah. what was theirs and. So, yeah. Yes. We'll see. Uh, they do a rundown here on Dynamite of what's next week. Uh, Jericho's 30 year celebration. Jericho and Hager versus the Chaos Project. Brian Cage up against Will Hobbs for the FTW Championship. And Brody, of course, against uh, Cody in the dog collar match for <clears throat> the TNT title. All right. Main event we go. Uh, we get Eddie Kingston. So, Eddie, the gimmick here is uh, Eddie Kingston gets to pick the part, pick the opponent rather for John Moxley. Before he does that, though, he cuts off, he cuts a promo. Uh, to uh, the referee, uh, Bryce uh, something, uh, basically mad that, that the referee called the match a week earlier with Kingston Moxley, and Kingston says, look, I didn't tap out, I didn't say I quit, you know, and, and then the referee saying, look, you, you, you were unconscious, and it's my job to protect you from, from yourself, uh, and just as it looked like that Kingston, uh, Penta, and Phoenix were going to attack the ref, um, uh, Moxley's music hits, and, and here comes Moxley, Mox is in the ring, blah, 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 jaw jack, and then all of a sudden here comes the butcher out of nowhere from behind. So a match here, this is probably the best match I've ever seen in the butcher. It was a singles match. He looks really good in this match. So if you're a fan of him, check this out. At the end of the day, Moxley wins. I guess here's my question. 
if Kingston can pick any opponent, why wouldn't he pick Penta or F- like you know what I mean? I, this is just kind of weird. The fact that you're letting like it's for the title supposedly. They said they even said it's for the title. Why I don't know. Like just I, well, I was just about to ask you why wouldn't he pick himself? Like did right. they like, did, he, did they say he has to pick someone else? So if you even, choose your opponent, it's for the title, and you didn't pass out. You'd want it to be yourself. And even if Tony Khan says, "Okay, you can pick the opponent, but it can't be you." You're always you're out in the ring already with Penton Phoenix. So those are your two closest guys. Why wouldn't you give it to one of them? Well, well, he's with the Butcher and the Blade too. He's with all four. I don't know. It's I scene. guess maybe he thought Butcher's the biggest. Um, but you know, that's two open challenges for the world title this week. You know, on Raw you had Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre. In both those cases, neither of those guys, Bobby Roode has had one singles win this year, and the Butcher has never had a singles win in AEW. So. But, uh, you know, I, you don't want to throw away your big matches on TV. So I get why they just want to showcase match for Moxley's, you know, again, storyline. It doesn't make sense for Eddie Kingston not to pick himself. But the match was entertaining. It was good. It was, you know, you want to get Moxley wins. And he got a he got a good win here. And I thought Eddie Kingston, his promos, man, he maximizes those minutes. Like he, every time he's out there, he makes his presence felt and he kills it. He does. I think it's just kind of like what we talked about last week. Uh, when he's not, when he when he is wrestling, let's work on the appearance and the ring gear to, to fit. Yeah. Real quick, Nightmare Knee with the two dollars super chat saying Jinder did hold the title. Uh, we're talking mm-hmm. about NXT man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, wait, you're talking NXT? Never mind. All right. That was AEW Dynamite. Um, again, you're not it not a it wasn't a struggle to watch, but but by comparison to some of their other episodes recently, just not as not as captivating yeah it's average indeed all right let's uh let's jump over it was next. there it was, it was there. there it was there. if you skipped it you'll be completely up to speed next week you, you didn't there wasn't too much and if you just Short listen time. to what we talked about we gave you the things to check out like check out the mjf jericho thing is fun uh mm-hmm. yeah there's there's little things you can you can you can go into but all right, so over on NXT, again, go home here uh, for NXT TakeOver. Rod, just the NXT was already taped, right? This is already in the can. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was taped um, last week. Right. All right, so we go into, uh, we open up here with a women's match, Shotzi Blackheart uh, versus Dakota Kai. I have to point out to this one, this is the scary, scary moment. Again, a tape show, they left it in, Yeah. obviously, because it, they uh, uh, the ladies turned out to be okay. They did, they were up on the, up on the top rope on the turnbuckle and they do a back suplex onto the apron and Shotzi just lands horribly on the worst part of the ring which is the apron and then obviously just flops to the outside Glenn if you saw you saw this right I saw that yeah I saw it live I saw it on Twitter the clips and here's what I feel I feel like lately we're getting one of these a month and you know thank the heavens that everyone has been fortunate enough to not suffer repercussions but I'm just I'm really worried more and more that we see these that I mean, do you think this is a, a, um, a side effect of the performance center and classes and training has maybe been a little no. more interrupted than normal? But why no. why does it feel like lately we're seeing more and more of these scary spots in well, this era where they're not having as much ability to train off air? Well, first off, the, the talents that you see that are regulars on NXT Wednesdays. They still train at the performance center, but they're not 
Yeah, I don't think I don't think the performance center being shut down for a temporary time. It doesn't. You know, they're they're, they're past that. Their their training, I think, is more of just just, just keeping loose and just again building off of the repertoire they have. You know, the, the the classes and such of training where it's really vital is to the the second level of NXT, the talents that aren't on TV. This so might no. be a wrong assumption. I have always assumed that because NXT has the luxury that they rehearse and work work their matches out more than the main roster because they have that luxury. And I've always chalked it up as a reason why NXT matches are better. That could be a completely wrong assumption. Well, the style in NXT and the performers, I, I definitely think there's probably something to it to where there probably is a little bit more uh, planned out and talked about than sometimes the situations on Raw or SmackDown where it is a little bit more maybe call on the fly. But then again, that call on the fly also on Raw or SmackDown was more prevalent when you had a live crowd and you're feeling that live crowd out. When you don't have a live crowd, it, it, it's not the same thing. Sure. The other instance that I know you're talking about is, you know, a couple weeks ago, Gargano had a terrible Mm -hmm. scare on a taped NXT show. And again, that was just, you know, and Gargano is one of the most experienced guys they have. I mean, it was just kind of just a freak, you know, way way, way the move went. And it didn't seem like it was negligent. So I don't really think I hold anything to it. It was just, just, I I don't even know why they attempted it. There's just no good way to do what you have to do. Uh, So I don't even know why they did it. But, you know, ref kind of stops it temporarily. Ultimately, everybody seemed to be fine. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez comes out. She takes a cheap shot at Shotzi. Then, as uh, then Rhea Ripley comes down to attack uh, Gonzalez. Ultimately, uh, Dakota Kai runs, uh, running and missing the big boot in the corner. Shotzi rolls her up for a pin. So Shotzi Blackheart gets the pin here uh, in the opening match. Uh, and again, after taking the, what was a scary bump. Uh, you're a big Shotzi Blackheart fan, aren't you, Glenn? Absolutely. Uh, the best man at my wedding hosts a podcast with Shotzi Blackheart about horror movies. Right. So yeah, I've known about Shotzi for years now. In fact, he would always ask me questions about wrestling, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I've got a friend who wrestles in the Bay Area." <laughs> uh, so it's weird that now, like, he pays attention to NXT because of her. Um, but yeah, I think Shotzi's fantastic, and I think this is good. I mean, um, the biggest challenge in NXT is how do you keep the women's uh, storylines and feuds relevant when there's so much going on without a title given the one limited title opportunity, I think more often than not, they do a good job with that. I mean, even tonight seeing uh, Rhea Ripley and the running after and her getting into it. um, I like that. They've got some stories in tandem going on. And I think, uh, you know, I I haven't watched NXT for the last month or so since I've taken it off. And I have to say tonight again, uh, without missing a beat, they, they really stood out the women's division tonight. Yeah. And NXT's women's, that is a point to make that I that was always a critique about raw or SmackDown was, Raw or SmackDown pretty much always would settle with only one women's story, and it was just about who's it all centered around the title belt. You know, I like that NXT can have NXT. I like how NXT can have more than just NXT title for the women. It can you can have the NXT women's title, but you can also have other conflicts around other, you know, other other origins. It doesn't have to be about just titles. Yeah. Real quick, I just want to uh, mention one thing. KMU94 saying, uh, when we're talking about AEW, uh, just correcting what I said, uh, that during Eddie Kingston's promo, he did say he would pick himself, but he was too beat up from their match last week. I forgot about that. So, okay. You know, and, and Butcher and Blade just kind of a thing. Butcher and Blade came in. They came in as like they were they were paid by MJF originally. There was Butcher, Blade, and Bunny. Then they dropped Bunny, which I don't know why. And yeah, then they yeah. all of a sudden, they changed, like Butcher and Blade changed their look up. Now they're with Eddie Kingston and company. It's... So I'm, I'm all right. We'll we'll get to this when we talk about the mystery person. I'm, I'm just watching the vignette right now again. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so then we get a backstage uh, split screen interview from the Tom Phillips is conducting with Isaiah Swerve Scott and NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar, who of course they'll square off this Sunday. Uh, a back and forth here. Um, you know, Swerve saying, "Look, you know, Escobar always needs help from his his his, his buddies and this and that and 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 what have you." Um, Escobar says he's going to bury Swerve. I will point out again, referencing the Triple H call media call that was today. Uh, he put this match over as he does all the matches, but it's interesting to see what what he's the notes he associates with it. Uh, he said he he thinks we're we're going to see a good match here. He notes that how we've seen Swerve and Escobar lock it up several times on Wednesday nights on NXT, but that this will be a situation where Takeover where they don't have the limitation of t- of you know of TV time and, and and having to maybe be a little bit shorter. He thinks that they're really with giving them. Giving them a little bit more time, this is going to be a match that's going to really impress. So, just something for you NXT fans this Sunday night to keep in mind. Triple H is, is looking to give them, I guess, a little bit of time, a little bit extra time than what we've seen up to this point. So, uh, Glenn, do you, do you, are you, are you excited? I know you haven't got to see much in the last month. Are you, are you familiar at all with either of these guys? Or are you going in blind? No, I'm pretty blind on this one. I mean, I mean, I know who the talent are, but this storyline was something I was not familiar with tonight. And uh, it's interesting with Escobar because I think when I stopped, we were seeing uh, what, like the kidnappings? Yeah, the kidnappings and Drake yeah. Maverick and Brazongo. So this yeah, is so, a uh, yeah, it's a different little different take on the character. Yeah, so Escobar he has this. this- stable he has um you know raul mendoza and uh joaquin phoenix and 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 the the gimmick here scott is swerve scott's the only one who's actually pinned escobar up to this point um through some six mans and tag matches so that's what he's got going for him here with uh, escobar as as the nxt nxt cruiserweight champion real quick what happened with that the weird match they made last week where fandango set up you know uh Sherlock Fandango set up that weird yeah. switcheroo match. And... It, yeah, I think they, it's almost like they kind of like abandoned that or just thought that we forgot about it. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, who was it? It was like Roderick Strong and, uh, gosh, I'm forgetting. There were, there were four when the, member, when the members of yeah. Imperium. Yeah, it was, yeah. And then, yeah, against they were supposed Mendo- to get the title shot right? against Mendoza and I forget the other team. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. They, I don't think they. I don't know if they mentioned. It. If they did, I missed it, and we'll. I'll catch it when we go through this review here. But. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's not on the card for Takeover. So, all right. Well, um, back from break, we get the uh, Takeover 31 promo. Uh, then we get another one of those vignettes that is leading us to believe somebody's debuting or somebody's returning this Sunday. Yeah. Uh, someone's saying. COVID might have changed some plans. I think that's why they were doing the the switcheroos last week because this tonight's episode was also taped last week. Right. So unless, yeah. So I don't know. Uh, did you have anything you wanted to bring up, Roger, about the vignette? Because I just saw talk about they just showed it for us. Uh, yeah. If you want, it does look like a woman. Um, on the bike, on the bicycle, on the motorcycle tonight, it did look more like a woman. You're right. Yeah. So I, I mean, people are saying Tessa, that is the biggest debut they could have, uh, Anthony JCP. Uh, that would be the, the best payoff, uh, even though it, sure. the, the words in the promos wouldn't have made sense. But who cares? Well, well I mean, Tessa like, was the favorite to win, like, the Mae Young Classic. The first one going in, it was a big upset when she yeah. uh, got eliminated so early. Right. I mean, it, it does kind of make sense. Well, yeah, except, yeah, I mean. But, and this is yeah. WWE. They, I mean, NXT's better, but WWE does not play fair with logic and clues. 
Right. But, I mean, there was that time. Remember the when The Rock was going to be uh, introduced as the the special host of WrestleMania, and they sh- and it was it was a mystery. And when they cut backstage, they showed a limo and a woman got out. Like like they just showed like a woman's legs. So it it could be just a swerve, or it could be you know she's not literally meaning she's here to take the NXT title, but maybe her career. I don't know. Although yeah. Tessa was doing. Uh, competing against men in Impact, I don't think they would do it. But Tessa versus Finn Balor, I'm pretty interested in that match. Well, they're not going to go that route. And I know. And, and, and I mean, if you look between AEW and WWE, you know, I think, you know, she didn't get signed by WWE after the May Young Classic. I, I don't think everything jived the way they hoped. Um, so then life went on. But you know, and and th- you know, and people grow and people change. So it's it's not impossible that she comes back to you know and, and does come to NXT. I definitely think if, if you have to ask me between AEW, AEW or NXT, there's a better chance of NXT because I don't think I don't think AEW, even though I just said AEW needs to have some baby faces, I don't think uh, AEW has been a big fan of the intergender stuff that she has done. So I don't know. I just I, I feel like it, it, maybe it's her and it would be a little weird because it doesn't quite fit the, the, the verbiage. But as Raj said, I mean, who cares? It would be a big, big get. Yeah. Um the Ripper saying Tessa, Paige, Tony Storm, or Charlotte. Paige, I, I mean that that was a career-ending neck injury. I, I cannot see them uh, lighting her back. But Tessa, I mean Tessa, I can see Tony Storm. She's been MIA, so uh, who knows? Anthony JCP, James Storm. He was uh, Ryan Satin had an interview with him. Uh, he did say that. Uh, he was supposed to return to WWE earlier this year, like leave NWA, come to WWE, but then all the stuff with COVID ended that. I mean, I guess it's it's, it's obviously going to be a, a giveaway the order of the card. If we if we get Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor before we get the Io Shirai match, then obviously we know it's a woman, right, coming back. Yeah, you know, it's going to be what it's probably going to be whatever ends the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Francesco. F- Fogliano is asking, wouldn't they want to save Tessa for Raw or SmackDown? She's a big star with the internet fans, but she's not that well known to WWE fans. It would, you know, I think I personally, that's how I do it, but not right at the top, but bring her in with the feud with somebody. But and Megan and many people in the chat room are asking, what if it's Ember Moon returning? I mean, I think that would be great. And uh, although I'm bummed that Ember wouldn't be coming back to the main roster, the main roster really needs more women that are competitive dynamic and unique right i mean uh justin to your grievance monday night of four blondes in pink sharing a segment together i think ember moon would be uh you know a fresh change of pace i have no problems with blonde or the color pink it's just the difference no, no, you, no. you have two different teams don't all wear the same thing and all have the same no, hair but we've color. talked about this part of the reason and and matt's been an advocate of this the women the diversity of looks for women's wrestlers is so much greater than what we see in the men's division and the women. There's something about uh, the, the mix of fashion and color and use of different hair color. They look like superheroes. And I think that Ember stands out and is striking. And uh, if anything, it is the, the blondes uh, that do kind of uh, blend together more. So I think Ember would be great. Yeah. So here's some details on Ember Moon's uh injury she tore her achilles tendon during a good god during a wwe 24 7 title segment uh of all the ways to get injured but uh back last september so september of 2019 uh, has been out of action since she was on backstage i believe in june and said it could be a career-ending injury 
uh, people thought it was a generic Achilles rupture, but it was that her Achilles tendon got split in half and then it also got torn off the bone. So she had ruptured her Achilles in two places and uh, the surgeon that she had said that she thought that she might have been resting on it for about two months while it was Damn. torn and she didn't feel the pain because of her high tolerance. So, you know, it's been, it's been over a year. Um, maybe it's healed. I mean, I think that would be, that would be really cool if it is her. Yeah. No complaints. Absolutely. All right. Uh, so we see backstage, uh, back from the break, um, Tom Phillips confirms that Tegan Knox is out of action with a torn ACL. We'll get back to that once we get a little bit to the news headlines after this review. Um, but just on this point, uh, uh, Sarah Schreiber's backstage with Candice LeRae and Johnny Gargano, and they bring up how Candice was responsible for Tegan's injury. So just putting some of the heat on uh, Candice. Uh, of course, they're building to later on with Gar- uh, Gargano and Candice versus Io Shirai and uh, Damian Priest. Uh, but then we get Cameron Grimes, uh, the Cameron Grimes Invitational Stepping Stone to the Moon Challenge here. First comes out Joey Pistachio. Uh, nah, nah. <laughs> like, I, I can't tell. I was like, do I hate this or do I love it? Like, I'm not sure. Uh, Joey Pistachio from San Diego enters the ring uh, and you know immediately gets 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 leveled by Grimes. Uh, then out comes uh, Joey Strong, uh, but Joey Strong gets cut off at the stage by Rich Holland. Rich Holland comes to the ring, and uh, Rich Holland does a number on uh, Cameron Grimes here, and uh, in a in a impromptu match basically that happens real quick, um, and Rich Holland gets the win. I, I like Rich Holland. I don't. It, nobody should ever be compared to Brock Lesnar, but I get that on a different way. I get that feel of like. Just a, a physical guy that 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 if they if they really hone in, kind of like they did with with Karrion Cross, if they really hone in and protect him and keep him in a lane, uh, he could be something special. Ridge, yeah, he he. The only thing because I had mentioned that Brock Lesnar thing in the past too. He's I think he's a little on the smaller side, right? As far as height, he's shorter. I don't. He's he might be six foot if he's that. You know where Brock is. You know six three, right. Um. So uh, what do we get through here? Uh, we get to uh, video package of Kushida. Or a lot of probably. video packages tonight, right? Yeah, it, it was really again. It was very non wrestling heavy on yeah. um, on the building to Sunday. Actually, before that, they actually got to Austin Theory backstage. He says his loss to Damian Priest should never happen. He goes on about how Kyle O'Reilly, uh, you know, should never have the NXT title shot. Austin says he's twenty two years old. He was at WrestleMania thirty six. Meanwhile, they're calling Kyle O'Reilly the future. Uh, says O'Reilly should try catching up to him. Keep that in mind. That'll come back into play here in a second. Uh, we get a little bit of a build for Kushido and Velveteen Dream. Their match mm-hmm. this Sunday. Uh, and then we get Kushida in action against Tony Nese. So uh, Kushida gets the victory here with his hoverboard lock. Uh, obviously, the point here just to give credibility to Kushida, who's, you know, again, hasn't had a ton of momentum. Uh, and he's, this is obviously the biggest match he's going to have going up against a very established Velveteen Dream, uh, Glenn. What what did you make of of Kushida? I mean, do you buy into him? Because I don't quite yet care. I I always thought the Marty McFly cosplay was a little right. I mean, and again, I'm a huge Back to the Future mark, probably even more than Raj. Me but... too. No, Me too. No, no. no. But you, you can't be bigger. Okay, so Raj. Okay, so I don't know. I did enjoy though a few weeks ago when we blew uh, Matt's mind that Eric Stoltz was originally Marty McFly and they shot half the movie yeah. with him, and Matt didn't know more that. than half. 
Yeah, yeah that's crazy. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever heard the to- story of Tom Wilson, uh, who yes. played Biff, talking about how Eric just couldn't act and learn how to like light like yeah you know, biff's like basically biff was like i'll sell for you you don't have to push me that hard in the diner and then finally he like laid one into eric <laughs> tom f wilson i've met multiple times he is a super nice guy but if you listen to his interview on nerdist and talking about eric stoltz like i don't know what it was he was really really pissed off at eric yeah. stoltz uh yeah. but Raj, uh, you, you, you've heard tom wilson do the uh the question song right no no wait no really? No. You've never Wait, heard the question. We got to pause this po- Yeah, no. We're Tom- going to get a copyright strike if we play it here. Oh, yeah, let's not play it now, but <laughs> I'll text I'll it to you. It's, it's so okay. it's so good. It's, I mean, it's the shtick is and he does it on stage, he does it when he goes to radio studios to do morning shows to promote his comedy shows. He he always does, he does a song, he plays guitar of all the questions he always gets about being Biff. Yeah. And it's always the ridiculous questions he gets about Back to the Future and about the different actors and his response. It's like it's priceless. I'll I'll text it's very you. funny. It's, it's very really good. good. But uh, and that's what Kushida needs in a villain. If he's gonna play as Marty McFly, we need a Biff Tannen to balance this out. <laughs> Let's just take Rich a good part. Rich, you know, Rich could do that. Hey, you know, uh, something, anything. But no, I feel like it's a very uh specific shout out and gimmick and we don't see that a lot i mean we've seen stuff like razor ramon and sting where you're like aping a character but not where they call it out like when razor ramon debuted it wasn't like oh he's supposed to be scarface right with the sting yeah. i with the sting with sting they didn't say like no the crows they, ne- they never directly said it you know sting was silent for a year just just getting cameo shots in the ceiling so yeah, yeah look I, with Kush- with kushida i i guess i'm being sizes here i just He's not a big guy. I haven't seen anything in the, in the ring that's like, wow, my socks off that I haven't. Like, I just, there's nothing about him. I don't, I don't really he's know talented. why. I think he's likable, we'll but see. I don't know. I mean, I guess we're talking about it, right? Like the, the cosplay has us, like we focus on that. Well, he does, the, the entire promo that they show of him, it's all in Japanese. It's all with subtitles, which again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I don't want to sound disrespectful, but like, that's, I think that's a hard I think that's an uphill climb to ask of your audiences to like have a guy get over who's who's going to be who speak who's all in subtitles. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. I yeah, but by contrast, remember how they made Nakamura do these lengthy, wordy promos uh, that he was having trouble with? I mean, with Oscar, mm-hmm. that was the case. Now Oscar has done a complete 180, and it's been fantastic. It's worked great, and I think no subtitles add even more to the allure. I think Nakamura's got better. Uh, I, it's funny when you listen to Nakamura talk. His uh, command of the English language is actually quite good. It seems scripted stuff he was having an issue with. Yeah, I was going to say, Asuka and Nakamura in real life speak better English than what WWTV mm-hmm. presented. If that makes and sense. so with Kushida, I think subtitles, you know what? If it helps somebody be more comfortable and natural, I think that that's a better environment where they can make more of an impact rather than uh, forcing them into something that's not going to present them perhaps at their strongest. Yeah, I think with Kushida, it's more of a question of charisma. He hmm. and yeah. he he needs to do a a Back to the Future thing to get some kind of character because it's naturally he just you know doesn't really have it uh, as far as a character goes. Well, he's going to get the ultimate test Sunday when he's up against a character in Velveteen Dream. So yeah, yeah. We'll real see quick, how uh, back to the real quick uh, back to the mystery uh, person. An interesting one people are bringing up is Melina. Um, I guess is she is rumored to recently have signed with WWE uh, that she's and she's supposedly on the way back. Um, 
So yeah, Francesco she, Fogliano Molina would be cool. I mean, she never had an NXT run. But yeah, do you think? Maybe I mean, she's talking about the women's division. Like, come take yeah. back that something that you know. I mean, when Mickey James came back, they did a really good job of putting her over. And I don't think when Mickey came back that she was necessarily in NXT's demo, but she definitely was a formidable opponent for Asuka. No work. So maybe the same with Molina. But I, I wonder. I mean, they're going to have to really reestablish her. I don't know that she tracks with the current NXT fans. You know, the NXT fans are actually the oldest of any uh, any of the wrestling yeah. shows right now. So maybe maybe they do. Yeah. Maybe uh, they remember the banger uh, of a series of matches she put on with Alicia Fox. All right. Yeah. Well, Lena, she did have some good matches. They were actually good matches. It's just Stone Cold's reaction. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I think makes it so famous. Feels so bad because Ariana Andre. I've talked to her. She's she's actually such a nice person, and just to always get crap over that. I mean, it was just Stone Cold. I mean, like Stone Cold had no clue what she was talking about. Which actually, it's actually it's funnier that Stone Cold was that out of the loop. <laughs> or I mean, like that that kind of right there shows you sort of the generational uh, gap, sort of the gender gap that he didn't take her seriously. But truthfully, they did put on some good matches. So there you have it. <laughs> All Next. right, uh, Cameron Grimes backstage. He's complaining about his big beatdown. Uh, yeah, Dexter Loomis appears. Uh, it was the first time he's been back on TV in a few weeks. Uh, so nothing really happens here. Just this Loomis appearance being creepy. So uh, Dexter's back. Maybe Dexter and Grimes, the next thing to go here. Uh, so Adam Cole's in the ring. Adam Cole cutting a promo, basically talking crap on Austin Theory uh, for his comments, dismissing Kyle O'Reilly. Um, Cole says, come on out of here, say it to my face. This leads into a match between the two of them, uh, between Cole and Theory. Uh, Cole gets a victory, and then again, he uh, cuts a promo into the camera, basically saying like he believes in Kyle O'Reilly. To everybody else, it might be a surprise if he wins the title, but not to him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a little bit to Raj's kind of uh, fantasy booking. You know, Adam Cole going out of his way to rah, 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 Kyle O'Reilly win the title here. Um, what's would set up for a swerve of, of evolution-type thumbs up, thumbs down? We'll see. I think that would be the way to go. Is uh, Kyle O'Reilly winning the title and feuding with Adam Cole? All right. Uh, we get Caden Carter versus Zia Lee. Uh, Carter gets the win here. Nothing much to this. Uh, Zia Lee showed a, a lot of frustration here. So I'm uh, not sure what, what, what we're slowly getting to here with Zia Lee. But this was, again, kind of like how Dynamite did, just kind of a little bit of a throwaway women's match uh, leading into the. The, 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 the down the stretch main event. Uh, Glenn, I know you love your, your women's wrestling. Anything to take away from Caden Carter or Zia Lee? I mean, I think they're both great, but no, this wasn't huge. You know? Yeah. Uh, then we get the pre-tape of Shawn Michaels moderating Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor. This was obviously pre-tape done in the ring, but not, you know, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't done in the typical NXT set. Uh, yeah, they didn't say that this was done before uh, he was attacked yeah. by the right? Right. Uh, yeah, I didn't catch them ever. Yeah, right. I, they never said, like, this is all something that was done last week or whatever. Right. They just, so, Cause yeah, it, I mean. Because that's the big problem I had with it. <laughs> you just had Randy Orton supposedly, you know, deliver this vile attack on him. They knew they taped this last week, so they knew they had this angle. So either they could have waited on Orton's attack on the Legends until next week. Or explain to the you know to the audience that this was you know recorded before Monday's Raw. This uh, Shawn Michaels did this interview before Raw. Um, mm. so. Yeah, definitely different some, universe. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what it's like. It's almost like oh, the two universes are different. So this is NXT Shawn Michaels. He's completely healthy. He didn't get. He's not the legend that got beat up by Randy Orton. He's right. the, he's Triple H's right hand man that helps run NXT. You know. Do you think though it looked too much? I mean, with Finn and Kyle O'Reilly together, are they almost so similar in terms of size, stature, and whatnot? Um, like they look like brothers. I mean, Finn Finn's very charismatic. I thought Kyle held his own. But I don't know. I don't know this. Like, is this going to be the main event? Well, that's what I mean. I mean, I, I thought this did. Uh, I thought this did favors for Kyle. This was the most serious I ever took Kyle. Like, and I thought, and it was a pretty lengthy thing. I'm not going to go through all the dialogue. If you want to read about it on Wrestling Inc. or obviously watch it back if you didn't see it. But like, I mean, I thought what he said was good, and he like he sounded like a formidable challenger, and like he sure. admire he admires and respects Finn, but he's he thinks that. He has he should be champion and Finn has no business at this point. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know if I I don't know if I still buy it as like the clear cut. This is what needs to end Sunday, which is why I say as we do all this guess of this vignette, the match order was going to tell us a lot about you know is this vignette a Tessa Blanchard? Is this vignette a? If the women go on last, it's probably Tessa. That's yeah. the probably the only name that could next to Charlotte or Paige or Melina. I mean, you th- wait, you think they're going to close the show? With Melina coming out to challenge the NXT Women's Champion, I mean, I like Melina a lot, but they're going to go off the air. That's their mic drop. Get everybody talking. No, no, but I could, I, I could, yeah, probably not. Tessa will have the internet wrestling community losing their shit. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we get into our main event. Uh, Damian Priest, Io Shirai versus Gargano and Candice LeRae. Good fun match here. Good mixed tag match. Um, coming down the stretch here, we get a little bit of everything. We get a cha- we get a moment of uh, Io Shirai doing a moonsault on Gargano, but then at the same time we get uh, uh, Candice coming in a low-blowing Damian Priest, which that then sets up for Gargano to hit his one final beat. So Gargano and LeRae get the victory. So Raj, that means... That Johnny Gargano is not going to beat Damian Priest on <laughs> Sunday, right? Who, who got the pin? Gargano on Priest. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, pre- I, I mean, we knew that anyway, but yeah. They were standing tall. They were holding the belts. Yeah. They're not winning. Yeah, so that was your NXT. Uh, so, again, you know, I mean, a go-home show, there was a lot of vignettes, a lot of out-of-ring stuff, which I, I'm okay with. Again, on a go-home, I'm fine with. But it, but even still, just... If if you didn't watch it, you know you can still probably go into Sunday and be well educated, right? All right, let's yeah, do some I, mean, I think of all the takeovers, this has the least buzz of anyone they've ever done. And again, Which, I think it's I, I think it's the one, as Glenn noted, it, it's one of the few that hasn't been associated with the uh, you know, big weekends, and it just it seems kind of rushed. Again, rushed considering the champion they wanted is out, had to vacate yeah. the title. Rushed, considering they've had to do some pivots of because of COVID, and 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 they, they could have done this on a Wednesday night and built it up as event program like they did with Great American Bash. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, look, they had it in your house that worked as a standalone. I think that got a lot of buzz because of the retro element. I think thirty was was good. Now thirty though was the night that was at the week or the night before SummerSlam. I can't remember. I think it was it's the night before SummerSlam. It's the night before. Okay, so this is uh. Another standalone. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to really command or draw, but hey, we'll see. It would have been cool if, if they did this on a Saturday night and uh, did a Saturday night's main event thing. Hmm. You know, the old school, the 80s with the the, the opening music and the, you know, the promos at the beginning with that cool music in the background. 
I mean, I don't know why WWE doesn't yeah. do things like that with Raw and Smash. I mean, especially with Raw. Like, why not do a retro Raw hour in the style of uh, something? I think it would draw some eyeballs. Yeah. Every t- I think it's probably Vince not wanting to live in the past. He wants to always be progressing. Because, but oh, every time. Funny right. on many levels. But every time. Like, I mean, I was at Raw 25. I mean, I got to sit second row at the Manhattan Center for the Raw 25th anniversary. Every time they do those retro shows where they bring out the old sets, the the you know, even even old old camera person uniforms like we all love to live in the nostalgia of what once was it always does i've always said i can't believe that they've owned wcw property now for 19 years and they've never done a one-off nitro monday night i've you know i can i can't believe they've never tapped into that and i I guess again it goes back to the the vince thing of well we beat them we did we we killed that but i I mean it would pop a number you know if you promoted it for weeks on end of we're one night only nitro like people would you know you only have, have goldberg there have bischoff there it well was, it would have really made sense when bischoff was in storylines to do that as part of that but i think now they would have to do some moves to have that really make sense i guess yeah. but still i think i think it would do numbers i think it would draw uh, laps fans back and you know because you know they, they have do the, a big angle on those shows because you know they have a lot of the wcw set stuff at the warehouse oh yeah mm-hmm. so okay what's in the news where are we going uh, rush Oh, uh, you got the Tegan Tegan Knox. Yeah, so Tegan Knox. So this was a uh, it was broken. I don't know who I don't know who broke it exactly first, but it was broken just a little bit before the Triple H media call he did with us. But he then confirmed it. Uh, Tegan Knox torn ACL. Uh, this is I want to say her third. I think that she's dealt with this, but torn ACL. She's already had surgery successful. He he confirmed. So that's good, but obviously she's going to be out for a considerable amount of time. And you know, he noted like this is they've had several times they tried to get going with her in storyline, and, and an injury happens. I mean, he put her over, so he put out good wishes, says that she, you know she'll come back stronger. But uh, this this sucks for her. It's just again, same old story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's terrible timing. Uh, I mean, it's just terrible regardless. But uh, hopefully, hopefully she gets better soon. I did want to say, you know, we were talking about bringing back themes. So people are saying a Halloween Havoc, which would be perfect, you know, in October. Um, but Triple H did say, you, uh, you were on that media call as well, Justin, today, uh, that they're going to do something incredibly spectacular uh, with the look for TakeOver and that it's going to be um, it's going to be a game changer, he said. Yeah, a game changer. He used that twice. He used game changer in that context for the, the look of the show. And then I think for Kyle O'Reilly and Finn Balor, when he was putting it over, he said, you know, hardcore fans are going to know that this is going to be a great match. But maybe if you're more casual, you don't realize how good this is going to be. And he said, this is going to be a game changer match for the business. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're really put, they're setting their own bar high. Right. Um, we also have the Raw viewership, which uh, it ended up being an increase. And mind you, they're going up against a really good Monday Night Football game, uh, an increase of eight, eight and a half percent of an average of 1.82 million compared to the 1.67 the week prior. But Raj, it's an increase. An increase is an increase, and you take what you can get. But still, the hour to hour to hour, by the third hour, is just a huge drop from hour one. And they're trying to build on Drew McIntyre's open challenge for the WWE title. They don't, when was the last time the WWE title was defended on Raw? Like, it's still, people aren't hanging on. They, they tune in, and they drop out. Yeah. I mean, the, the game wasn't a co- total squash either. And so... Hmm. Um, they were coming off a hot pay-per-view with Clash, uh, 
the clash itself that night, it didn't get the kind of Google trends that other pay-per-views did. But I think the fallout with Roman Reigns and all that, there was so much talk on Monday that I think right. it led to more people watching Raw. But yeah, as you said, it was a 14% drop from the first hour to the third. But it was still, I mean, it was still because the first hour did so well and the second hour also, it was the third best audience for the show since July. And that's wow. with competition from the NFL. This this year, the NFL has not really had an effect on Raw ratings, which is really like the first time you can, you can say that. Um, as far as... I mean, they've been dropping, but they had been dropping before the NFL. But uh, yeah, this week it it, it was uh, it overperformed, and it, the eighteen to forty nine demo, it was one of the best numbers that they did in the demo since WrestleMania. So it was a surprisingly strong week against super tough competition. Plus, plus the new shows were all up. Plus, they had the NHL uh, finals. So yeah, on Monday, yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, any other news, Rush? Rob Van Dam, he's gone from Impact Wrestling. So mm-hmm. uh, we just talked to Rob Van Dam at Wrestling Inc. just a few weeks ago. He, he's, you know, he seems like he's enjoying life. Doesn't really, he's, he's not looking to bust his ass. He's, he's there to use his star power to help if he can and, and, and work, but not, uh, he's not looking to kill himself. So, which would contradict. Him, I mean, he he would thrive in the NXT environment, but yeah, he'd have to bust his ass. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, they just got rid of, I mean, Matt Riddle's moved on, so they need to replace a new bro <laughs> in NXT. <laughs> right. Him and Matt Riddle, they could do some cool <laughs> stuff with him actually on that, SmackDown. The vignettes, that, yeah. he doesn't have to wrestle much, he could just do vignettes. On yeah. But imagine, Kushida, Matt, imagine RVD on SmackDown as Matt Riddle's like life coach. No, yeah. Kushida in his time machine goes to the future, brings back RVD as an older Matt Riddle. <laughs> just it writes itself yeah matt riddle and rvd would be some fun vignettes that would i think they could do some cool stuff <laughs> all right anything do else it. Yeah, we there we go wwe he's at justin labar he's at raj Geary underscore 303 friday night smackdown back here on the wrestling Inc. podcast until then everybody take care and we'll see you next time <laughs>